1: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Hockey! Yeah. Yeah! My favorite. It's Judd's Hockey Show. And welcome in. To the latest edition of Judd's Hockey Show, Zolgan and Declan Goff recording this on a Thursday afternoon, a day after the Wild took the most dangerous lead, Declan Goff, in oh, all of hockey. That's why huh? against the St. Louis Blues that three to one lead. I looked at I looked at that score and I said, "Oh my God, no! It's a two goal lead." St. Louis Blues come back and uh, beat the Wild four to three. I want to start with the uh, winning goal by the Blues, Robert Thomas, with twenty three seconds left. Okay. Um, And I want to start by saying this, and I I think this is a, I don't know if this would qualify as a backhanded compliment, but I mean this in all sincerity. I was shocked that Brodeen didn't make that play. And and Thomas basically won a puck battle, and I tweeted this, but it appeared that Brodeen to a certain degree, was caught flat-skated, like he just wasn't prepared for it. But I say this as a compliment because I was completely shocked. Like, there's a lot of guys, where they screw up there, you're like, oh, that's a bad play, but, you know, but it's so-and-so, right, Dex? But Brodeen screws up so rarely, like, bad, that I was, I watched that play, and I'm like, oh, my God, that was Brodeen. Which I mean as a compliment, because ordinarily, he's so damn good. Yeah.
0: It was that was a disappointing loss, and especially for Jonas, who's one of the more steady and home, steady home defensemen in the league. Mm-hmm. And you know what? He has eight goals. He's, he scored one uh, last night as well. He's up to eight goals quietly. You know, he, and he's, he's never been someone they've they've tried to activate him more, or they've activated in years past, I should say. But he's never really just been that guy who's going to be like Matt Dumba. He's he's just they're completely different players. Mm-hmm. On the contrary, Dumba I think had a pretty rough game. He did as well yesterday, and unfortunately with Brodie being his partner. He was on the burden of that. But also, at the same time, like, you need Jonas Brodine with Matt Dumba for a guy who's always going to be activated and in the offensive zone. Like, you need the security blanket of having Brodine. And that being said, Brodine has to make those stops um, and can't be outmatched like that. And, you know, Talbot, not his, not his best performance yesterday. He got put in some difficult situations because of the penalty kill. Um, while taking some It's really inopportunity. It's not that the Wild I think, have a bad penalty kill. It's just they take penalties at the worst possible times. Well, you know, it, it's, it, it's frustrating. The Fiala
1: penalty was stupid. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that was it was called interference. It was a cross check too, and it was right in front of the Blues' goal. What the hell are you doing?
0: Yeah, and and again, that's Kevin. A terrible you know, penalty. He, he's gonna he's gonna do these frustrating things, and I feel like more and more people are, are starting to kind of rag on that and and pick up on that more. Which is, I get it. Um, I understand that. I, I'm still obviously number one fan club here over here with with Kevin Fiala, but. You have to stop taking penalty. I mean, Cam Talbot can only do so much, and I think Talbot's look. Talbot's been a godsend for this team, and 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 we saw what man. I, I watched right after the game. I, I flipped over to the Abs and Knights game. Yep. And it was right before, right as the game ended, Doobie let in a Dubnik goal. I mean, it like not only did the Wild blow a two goal lead in the third period, he in a few, yeah, and and then lost in the final seconds. But then Devin Dubnik, within minutes of that game ended, let in yes. the most Devin Dubnik goal. And I tweeted, "The state of hockey is back." You know, it's just like that. That was. Years pass. That's how a wild lose those these this game. How they lost the Blues is exactly how the Wild used to lose games like this, yeah. and that's why it stinks. It's not a ball breaker, you know. It's it's not a, it, it does, it's not a season defining loss, and it, it's one you hopefully just just forget about and throw in the trash. But there there has to be something you take away from this, and I'm kind of curious what what you think the Wild should be able to take away from this. Well,
1: I, I think it was a very valuable game in this way. So you're right. It's an old school, it felt like an old school wild meltdown, okay? But this is a different team. So ordinarily, the last few years, if they had lost a game like they lost last night, Dex, I would have come in and been um, PO'd about it. Because sure. it'd be like, what are you doing? This is typical of the wild. Um, You let down. But I actually think what last night was, and of course, that's the first of three consecutive home games. They're going to play the Blues again tonight on Thursday night at the X, and then they're going to play them again at the X on Saturday. I think what that game did is I think that game actually could serve as a valuable tool because that was last night a playoff game. Like the Blues are the, the Blues are trying to um, make the playoffs. They're battling uh, the Coyotes. I think they're now something like three or four points up. But the, but the point is they need these games. And so that game last night was very much a playoff game. And the Wild came out and they didn't play a great first period, but it wasn't, it wasn't terrible. And the Blues are a big, heavy team. Like the Blues, the Blues play a game that gives a team like the Wild trouble. Okay. Second period, the Wild came out and was unbelievable. They were flying. They were dominating puck possession. They were getting all of the shots. I mean, through two periods, they led in shots on goal, which is a rarity for the 2021 Wild. The third period, they came out, and the Blues were like, okay, it's go time for us, and the Wild didn't respond. And the Wild had three shots on gold decks in the entire third period. Now, that's a problem. Like, I, I don't care about shots, but three shots is a problem. Yeah, that's acceptable. And I think what that game last night serves as is a really good wake-up call as to what the playoffs are going to be, and... The odds are the Wilds not going to play the Blues. But the Blues at their best are a skilled team. They've got some really good players, but they are a heavy team and they will beat you up and and you have to be prepared for that. Um and Kaprizov, they're going to they're going to do their best to kick his ass, which is what they should do. Yeah. And they did at times last night and that takes him it's not that he can't take that, but it takes him off his game. Um so I don't think that last night's loss, which is a bad loss, is worth being upset or melting down about. I do think that it, if you are the coaching staff, though, it is, can be very instructive as to that third period, like, that's a playoff game. Because the playoffs will fool you. Your team will play really well for, like, through two periods, right? Yes. And, through, and so you're like, this team is playing yeah. well. And then you look at the score, and it's like a two-goal game, and you're like, boy, it feels like more. Because when it, the second period did. got done, it felt like a four-goal lead. It did, it right? Did. Yes, 100%. And what the playoffs will do, and it's what I love about them, is they will turn on a dime. And all of a sudden, it's like, oh, my God, it's tied. And then with uh, 23 seconds left, oh, my God, they just scored. So because this is not the same old team, because this is not a team that... I think rests on its laurels because this is a team that I think actually has a good room and is not um, an excuse making collection like previous wild teams have been decks. I think that what we saw last night is a very good chance, a very good chance to stop, watch that game and say, what do we need to hone and improve on? Because what we did in that game is how you get eliminated in a playoff series, and my last point is this. In the Zoom post-game call, here's what I loved. Oh, I know where you're going. One, one, and I think Dubnik would have done this, but Cam Talbot made himself available. Like, Cam Talbot did not cost that team the game. He didn't play his greatest game, but he didn't cost them. They made a lot of bad plays. I agree with that, yeah. So, and Cam Talbot also said, and it's a lie, but who cares? He also said, I've got to stop those pucks. This is on me. Devin Dubnik never could have brought himself to say that. And that's the type of thing. That's what I'm talking about. This being a cohesive group. Mm -hmm. Like Cam Talbot knows and everybody knows he didn't cost that team. The puck, the the 3-3 goal was a weird play. It went through his legs and was partially or was largely fanned on. But keep in mind. Dumba gave that puck away behind the net, and it got centered out front, and that's a terrible play on Dumba's part. But for Talbot to sit there and say this is on me, I've got to stop those pucks, is a level of accountability that Devin just couldn't bring himself to ever have.
0: And that's, I think, the biggest difference. It's it's not that Cam Talbot, um, and at this point in their career, yes, Cam Talbot's a better, excuse me, goalie um, than Devin Dubnyk is in in twenty twenty one right now. Cam Talbot, similar to like Dubnik and other goalies, you can plug and play these guys into a system because the Wild have very good defensive core and they make it easy on their goaltenders. Uh, but I, I do think there's a different mantra about Cam Talbot and he has a different type of just self-realization. That's a term we use a lot on and off the mic and sports and out of life and everything. Mm-hmm. I, I, think he, I think he is a pretty self-aware guy. And as much as a good guy Devin Dubnik is... Um, I do think he does lack some self awareness. He one hundred percent does. Um, I actually thought you were going to go with the Marcus Felino route because I know Felino was pretty candid. too. Oh, he was great too. Yeah, and like, and, but you know, at the same time, that's that's Marcus. That's who he is. I believe. Yeah. Well, it doesn't matter if we have this X or this A or this C on our sweater? Like that is unacceptable, and that is that is a that is a bad bad loss. Mm-hmm. To your point, um, on Kaprizov getting shut down and just the team you you you're getting fooled in a game like this because. Yes, the Wild were out shooting them. It felt like a bigger score than it was after two periods. I had that same thought too. I know you you, you tried to razz me with the shot total at the end of the game. I know you were being sarcastic. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, Kaprizov got shut down by a very good, staunch Blues team. By the way, like like yes, the Blues aren't the Abs, the Knights at this point, but but they can frustrate you. They can mm-hmm. be pests. They have one of the best top centers in the league in Ryan O'Reilly. Your guy R O R. An unbelievable player. They play a playoff style. They do. I they, mean, that's and a that's a good playoff formula. And that's exactly what it is. Yep. So when Kaprizov gets shut down, and mm-hmm. this is where I need to see it over the whole course of the game, you know, the Ek line stepped up yesterday. Great. The Ek line was great yesterday. Yes. Joel neck getting greasy. Go- He's up to 16 goals. I, I swear to God, no one knows he has 16 goals this year. All of them from even strength, too, by the way. That's remarkable. And and not someone that's going to score a flashy goal. He's not Fiali, he's not Kaprizov, he's not, I mean, a, he's not He's not. someone that's going to wow you and out-dangle you. He's just going to put himself in front of the net, almost Zach Breezy-esque. He's just going to get a lot of dirty, greasy goals. Mm-hmm. Um, you need those supplemental players to step up. And I think for a good portion of the game, the X, Nico Sturm, too, who I thought had another strong game on the fourth line, those guys were there for 40 minutes in that third period. I don't know if it was just... The cliche two goal lead. I don't know if the Wild just literally went and prevent mode defense, but they they were non existent and and that kind of stuff can't happen. They relaxed. They, they just relaxed. Yeah, they 100% relaxed. And it's and it's infuriating because I for 40 minutes the Wild dominated that game. I don't care if the shot chart was only seven advantage plus Wild. Right. The Wild dominated that game. After the first period, they were outshot. They dominated that period. They 100% did. And that's where I feel like this team has been different, where they they haven't gone, and i I've seen it before already this year, where they've been tied, where they've been leading, going to the third period, and they put their foot on the gas pedal, they don't let up for whatever reason last night it was the old it was the old school wild of
1: we're going to we're going to go and prevent think, defense mode, and
0: it was it was frustrating.
1: I think the blues what I love about the blues is is I think that they are the best slash biggest, heaviest team in the division, sure. And I think the Wild's problem, so if you come out and skate, the Wild will skate, right? But the Blues came out in the third period and said, believe it, we're going to hit everything that moves, we're going to be aggressive, and teams don't like that. And a lot of teams don't play that now. Uh, but the reason why I'm hopeful about this loss is, this is the type of loss that from the head coach on down to a guy like um, uh, Cole, who's won two Cups. Benino, who's won two Cups, this is a teachable moment to say, all right, every playoff game stands to be like this, okay? Mm -hmm. So, like, there's no, there's no, that was a lesson of if you're like, oh, okay, boy, we're getting tired and we're being hit a lot and Kaprizov's being hit and this is tough, you will lose games and your playoffs will be done. I mean, this, this is why the playoffs are so different, and they're taxing and they're grueling. And and the reason why, if it's true that the Stanley Cup is the toughest championship decks to win, it's because you have to play like the Blues did in that third period or like the Wild did in the second period, every period of every playoff game, basically. Yeah. Like there's right. no, there's no, oh man, 40 good minutes in the books. Let's really celebrate that, right? I mean, you have to have everybody playing like their hair is on fire in every playoff game. Um, And and that's something I don't think that you can know until you're there. And the Wild has guys who have not been there. And the problem with the previous incarnations of this team, in my opinion, is this. If you are going to have a team that is full of people who might be good at what they do, but they like to make excuses, right? Well, the puck luck, blah, 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 which is what the old school Wild was. You are never going to win playoff series. So, so what you need to do is have a guy like Cole and Benino and the veteran core take last night and say, if we don't do this for three periods in every playoff game, we'll, we'll probably be done in the first round. Yep, and it's that simple. Exactly. So, but that's why I'm hopeful about this. Yeah. Like I'm. I'm not mad. I'm not. I'm not melting down. Um, I actually think this could be an incredibly valuable loss. I, I think it could be a more valuable defeat than a win in some ways. If the message now gets across,
0: I hear what you're saying, and yeah, it, and and by the way, it's okay to be frustrated by a performance like that because that was a game you should have won. You were dominating for the majority of the game, and and you just you, you figure out a way to blow it. Also, it doesn't help that the Wild would have won; they would have leapfrogged into second place in the West because um, right now the Wild, even as we record this right now. Colorado has a game in hand, but they're only a one point up on Minnesota for the, and by the way, that, that's for home ice, basically. And and if the Wild have that's home huge. ice against Colorado, bigger <laughs> big, big, big
1: deal. And depending on who's playing goal for Colorado, I mean, if no, anything kidding. happens well, with Grubauer, my opinion of the Avalanche does a one eighty. So
0: so do you do you think that they're just honestly just like giving Grubauer rest? Like, you know they are 'cause they're starting to play Dubnik a little bit. More. No, I
1: think he was I think I my guess is he he legit had COVID. Oh, Grubauer. Yes. Group and they so he's not back. The the Avalanche very much, very, very much to me look like a team that this ran through. And I don't think you bounce back. Now now that does not mean in a month that it won't be drastically changed and they might be completely back. But they shut down for a while, Declan. And they if you watch them now, they're not the same team. Sure. But goaltending wise, if there's anything that, that prevents Grubauer from basically going pillar to post in the playoffs and it has to be Dubnik, my opinion there changes completely. And I don't care who you have. Right, 100%. I don't even, I don't give a crap.
0: And I I do think Dubnik is probably going to get a good amount of run as well because I think like nine of the last 11 games for Colorado are those California teams. So I wouldn't say they're going to mail it in here, but... They have a pretty easy task to get the majority of those points. I hope, yeah. And for right now, though, but if you're the Wild, you want to leapfrog them. I, I, Avalanche yeah. now have a have a six point lead. They they should probably wrap up the number one seed here in, in the coming the Knights, days if all things go right. Yes, the Knights. Excuse me. The Knights have the number one seed. Yep. They should be able to wrap that up in the West Division. That is. Yep. Um, within the coming week, but um, if you're the Wild, yeah, you need you need to lead Colorado because I want home ice advantage. And last change. And, and last change, it's it's the biggest thing that that you absolutely need. That you're just a different team at home. I don't know, I, you know, the Wild. I think in the state of Minnesota still only allow the three thousand fans into the arena. I don't think that gets lifted. We'll see. You know, I know other ballparks and other stadiums are now lifting their guidances up. We'll see what happens here with that. But if, but if you can have fans in there too, it's going to have an, even a bigger advantage.
1: On the act line, I want to talk about one player. Okay, I, I thought that for the most part he had a really good game, and I just want to ask the question again. Where is this consistently? Jordan Greenway. There it is. So Eck, you know what? Works his ass off, right? Yeah. And, like, he's gotten good. He's good. But I've never really questioned him. Like, I've never thought, oh, man, he's taking games off. Um, Felino, God bless him. He's a tough guy who's turned into a really good player. He he made a pass on a breakaway last night that was just a beautiful pass. Um, So I never question his effort. And his skill, actually, has really improved, I think. Jordan Greenway, though, last night was engaged and the difference yep. that that makes for that line and that team and and Greenway. And here's why I think it's worth harping on. And I think it's incredibly important, Dex, because Jordan Greenway has a playoff body. Like if you when you're playing a blues team, right, he's the you need him. Yes. Felino and him, those bodies are absolutely I mean. Greenway last night pinballed two Blues players and pushed them, and they both fell down. He's, you know, as strong as hell. It is absolutely one of the most important things is that in the playoffs you consistently get that type of performance because he's got some skill, too. He's a good player when he applies himself. Yeah, The Wild need him to apply himself in the playoffs, I think, if they want to make a run. He, I mean,
0: this is Greenway. He started off the season very strong. He had a bunch of points in the first dozen games, tallied off there for the next dozen games. And in the last six now, six points, one goal, five assists. He's playing a ton. He's playing 15 minutes a night. He's playing almost two minutes more than he has in his entire career this season. So they're asking a lot from him. And and I think for the most part, he has delivered and has taken a step up in his game. The, the, the conundrum is, is can you get this consistent, can you get that player consistently because we've seen Charlie Coyle take steps up in periods of, of, of the season before, but could he ever string together the projection of what we wanted to see? Now I'll I'll say just flat out. I think Jordan Greenway already has a better track record to be a player, better player than Charlie Coyle was. I do. I do think so. I think Charlie was a nice player, but he just never materialized into what fans and what scouts and what we all wanted him to be. I think Jordan Greenway is a nice player. He might be the guy you lose in the expansion draft, by the way, he might be someone you lose. Um, but in general, with him and Felino and Eck, that line, if they play Colorado or they play Vegas, they will be tasked with shutting down that top line. It's going to be imperative. And I, I, I tweeted at you last night that I'm honestly now more curious about them playing Colorado because I want to see if they can frustrate that top line in McKinnon. Because if I, I really do think if you if you frustrate that line enough, I'm it's game on. Like the WoW can absolutely win that series if you shut down that line. Yeah. Um, it's still not a, a given. The wild and if, walk away. Well, it depends on who's between the pipes. True, and that and for Colorado, that's their biggest bugaboo. They're just vulnerable in in net right now. Yes, but they I, are. I, I'm curious what Eck Greenway and Foligno, with their size, with their grit, and with their just ways to, th- to score goals. Like you know, I, I wanted Joel Eck to take a step up this year. He has Marcus Foligno for God's sakes is now all of a sudden turned into a goal scoring machine. Yeah, Another yeah. guy too that isn't going to wow you with his skill, but he's just he puts himself in the right positioning night in and night out, yep. and he's going to do great things. So, yes, that line is probably the most important line for the Wild going into a playoff series because they're going to have
1: the toughest assignment of any of the four. When does Sturm get moved up?
0: It's got to be close, Judd. When know, does Sturm
1: get moved up? I know. Um, no, X ex- took a hit, hit last night, and I, I think there was uh, concern about a concussion. He said postgame he was fine. I don't know if that's the case or not, uh, but he it looks like got sent to the quiet room. They evaluated him. I think he came back. I hope he's fine. But that being said, at some point in time here, Sturm has to be moved up. He has to be moved up somewhere. You know, we're, we're, we're recording this, uh,
0: obviously, on Thursday afternoon, and by the time a lot of people see this or post this, they have, will be watching and or have already watched the uh, the Wilds' Thursday night tilt against the Blues. But I know Nick Bugstead could possibly come back in the lineup tonight with all these injuries. Ah, uh, God. But to answer the Sturm question, I, you do it now. You just, just do it now. Like, honestly, move him up. Rask again, just a that there, there was that first rush. I think it was second or third shift of the first period. Kaprizov's drawing a crap ton of attention in neutral zone. He feeds yeah. Rask. You need Rask, some, yeah. Rask is going doing it the best he possibly can, going up on untouched, and he just puts one on his belt. Like Victor Rask isn't gonna even when he's put in a good position, isn't gonna beat you. He, he, even when he's in in the, in the circle all alone, you, you have to figure out a way to get Sturm up. Sturm had a great feed to Parisi in that first period. You can see an honest. Honestly, a different skill set there with Nico Sturm, and it's worth exploring. And I know some people could say, "Well, well, Parise is playing very well right now." And I don't want to mess that up. No, I want to maximize no. the first line. I don't care that Zach Perisic is now comfortable and playing better. Put Rask down. Put Bukestead with with Parise. Scratch Victor Rask. We don't Someone's have to have, have Rask in the
1: lineup. You're we right, though. Don't have to have, have him out? in the lineup. Who comes out?
0: I would. I would scratch have Rask. Come out. I would scratch Rask. I plug and play Luke Bukestead and put Bukes in the fourth line with Parisi, and um it's not Hartman but uh, whoever's on the the flank side of those two that's what i would do Benino's on the Benino. right on Benino. The I, put, side. I put Benino on the right side
1: and i think there's a, so i think the concern on Sturm is is the fact that there's a perception that Rask is more responsible defensively for his chores than Sturm, which is probably true because he, he's a vet. I guess. But but again, I'll go back to this. If you're playing the abs, you've got to combat speed with speed in some places, and Sturm has that. And Sturm, Sturm Parisi, and Benino, it's been a nice line, and they work hard, but Sturm doesn't fit with them as far as his speed, which is upper echelon, and Rask doesn't fit. And this is the problem. So the issue, and Fiala's been fighting this all year long, And Kaprizov's so good, he hasn't been, but he will be in the playoffs because things will change. The problem is this, Dex, and this is why I think you need to experiment and just see what you can do until reinforcements actually arrive next season. When we saw what we saw last night with Kaprizov, okay, all the attention goes to him. And Victor Rask can't help that at all. Like, there's nothing he can do to help him. And and I say this has been the problem all year long with Fiala because we've discussed this. But what's one of the main problems for Kevin? He doesn't have a center. Like, he doesn't have anyone to help him. So if he's if they're playing the Kings or something right now, he's probably going to be fine because they're just not that damn good. Um, or the Sharks, or certainly the Ducks, right? But when you're playing playoff games, playoff teams that have scouted you and know your every move and know their how to shut you down, You need someone to help you out. You can't make plays by yourself, and this is why I go to Victor Rask. I think in the playoffs on that first line, it's useless and actually is going to hurt Kaprizov. Where I've got to take a chance and get him somebody who can facilitate for him to be because right now, right now, the problem against good teams with that line is this: I know exactly what Rask can and can't do, and he can't do a lot of things. Okay, he might be defensively responsible. But Dex in the offensive zone, yeah, he's there's no skill set there, right? Yep. Okay. Yep. Zuccarello, who actually think has had a nice year. I'm I'm off the bashing Matt's bandwagon. Okay, he's he's fine. fine. I know he's not going to shoot though, so I know he's going to try and pass too much. So I know what he's going to do. Kaprizov's the wild card, but if I can suck the attention to him, guess what? Yeah, my life becomes much simpler, right? I win. Exactly. Well put. So that's the problem here. There's no wild card. There's no. Oh, my God, Sturm can really skate. This might be a problem. We better be careful. He can score goals. Like, that line, that line, and Zuccarello did it last night again. He had, like, three chances to shoot. He won't shoot. He's just going to pass the puck. That line is one guy that can score, and so I'm going to suck all the attention to him. Oh, my God, Rask shot. He did it last night. Put it right in Binnington's breadbasket. That's, you know, that, and that's him.
0: What what, what I think, uh, too, with, with Fiala specifically, I know we just went on a, Kaprizov soapbox there, and we and, we, and I'm rightfully so. Soapbox, that's just how should. it is. Yeah, no,
1: it is. It is it's just what it is.
0: We we should, um, as much as we want Nico Sturm up there. I feel like with Fiala and his penalties, it just it feels like he he's just trying to do too much. He's trying to he's trying to do too much right now, and it's causing him to take dumb penalties. It's causing him he he wants to score and he wants to make the big play so bad, and, and he wants to make the, the a sexy play that he can end up costing and hurting his team. With Kaprizov, um, if you shut him down. I know Matt. Matt's although talented, is not going to shoot. Victor Rask is just a body in skates right now, and that that is that's who he is. He's just a guy with skates on. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. it, it all of a sudden, then you lose if, if you if you shut down Kaprizov. That's like that is the mission accomplished if you're an opponent to shut down Kaprizov. Yeah, that,
1: that's going to be the playoff mission Ma- of make,
0: every team. Make Victor Rask and Matt Zuccarello beat you. And unfortunately, I think actually, if Matt's he shot the the puck more, then this is a different conversation. But he's just not going to do that. Yeah. Um, and Kaprizov. And this is where, you know, again, we'll, we'll we'll pump our chests here a little bit. I have no problem doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, at the beginning of the year when Kaprizov was playing well and he wasn't shooting a lot, we said, Kaprizov, shoot more. Mm-hmm. Shoot more. And that's what he's been. He's been shooting more. He's been shooting a lot more. The goal, even um, wrapping around the other night against the Coyotes, that was him saying, no, 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 screw this. I could center this puck. I could center this puck, but it could bounce. It could, it could get turned over. I you know what? I'm just going to wrap it around. I have this right here. I'm better than you. I know I'm better than you. You... You need that mantra from Kaprizov, and if, you're, and if you're an opposing team, you have to shut that down. And honestly, I'm not saying it's easy, but it's a lot easier to shut down a top line if one player is driving everything. Like if I shut down McKinnon, oh. I can still get burned by Colorado. Absolutely. And and anything else. Like if I shut down one of those wings, McKinnon's going to burn me.
1: Yeah, because you don't have to account for Rask at all. Right. He doesn't need to be accounted for. He has no worry. And with Mats, he has to be accounted for, but you know he's probably not going to shoot. So now it's one guy, and guess what? I'm going to do. I'm going to put two guys on him, and I'm going to beat him up. And I'm going to. And and the thing about him is, I don't think that Kaprizov will get beat up and go away. Like he'll keep trying and he'll keep working. But if I don't give him any space to breathe, that's the problem. Yes. And so, at least if you gave Sturm that chance, I'm not saying that things might not go sideways defensively at times because they might. But he's got to be accounted for. You have to worry about his speed. His ability. I mean, Victor Rask is a fourth line center. He's that's what he is, and he is a scratchable center. Like he's a scratchable player. You're right. If they if tonight they flip flopped Rask and Bukestad, it wouldn't matter. So, uh, last thing for you. Mm -hmm. Okay, end of the second period last night. Uh, I'm not sure how how much of this they showed on NBC Sports Network. Um, God rest its soul. But, but. So Carson Soucy was made a play around his own net and the blues by that point in time down, I think it was three to one were frustrated and a player essentially pushed Soucy into his own net and sort of a dust up started. I mean, it's the ordinary yeah, the horn game. sounds and you know, you get your hockey stuff, but the interesting thing is, so Cam Talbot basically stayed there watching it. He didn't do a damn thing. Jordan Binnington, yeah, who earlier this year, what, accosted uh, two or three Sharks, including including Dubnik after he got tossed from a game right. and basically went and jawed at Dubnik and tried to fight him, I think. Bennington comes all the way down the ice, and he's at about the wild blue line, and the referee is, like, pointing to the locker room. He's like, get off, get off, get off. And Bennington goes right past him, and he basically goes down and confronts Talbot. And I thought to myself, this guy is a nut job. Like, he is a whack job. Um, And Talbot went back at Binnington and it it was, you know, a verbal exchange, not a huge deal. But I was thinking this guy's off his rocker, which, by the way, I do love because crazy goalies to me are are so much fun. But all of that sort of seemed to work like all of that in the third period. The Blues came out. and were a very different team. And I thought, you know, I don't know. It was really B.S., but it might have played a role. It It might have worked because they were engaged after that. They came out and were hitting. They came out and they were mad. And as you talk about, in, with Fiala in particular, when he plays pissed off but has some control of himself, he's a really good player, I think it might have worked. And that's the other type of thing the Wild has to be very careful about in the playoffs is don't let those head games win. Yeah, Don't let point. those mind games win. I, that's the type of thing that you cannot let impact who you are.
0: That That's where... Cole, uh, Felino, um Benino. Benino, excuse me. All the O's. Um, that's where they come in handy. That that's where and, and by the way, the the mentally fragile old wild guard, oh, they, they would have also bleeped down their leg the entire oh, time. Oh, yeah, they happened. would have started crying. They it would have been would have been bad. There wasn't enough leaders in that room to do so. Yep. I'm sorry, I know you love everyone, not you. But people love Miko Koivu and they love the Nino and all those guys. Like, yeah, it's great. They were nice guys, I'm sure, but they were mentally weak people. And I have no problem in saying that and coming to that conclusion. But that's why Garen has these guys here, these veterans here, because they mean a lot more. They mean a lot. Ryan Hartman. My God, the guy takes – I swear to God, he goes down to the locker room once game. And by the way, I'm not faulting him because he's not – He does too. That guy takes a beating night in and night out. He blocked that
1: shot with his skate last night, and he crawled to the bench. I know. And he is not – no, no, he's not a – there is no – Questioning his toughness, my God. but you're right. Nobody, no nobody one. gets beat up more. Jesus. And my guess is, my guess is he's not fine. Yeah, like it's oh, not no. like, oh, I'm back. I'm fine. My guess is <laughs> he was crawling. Yeah, he was crawling my, to the bed. M- my guess is he says tape it up and I'll keep going. Exactly. Exactly. So yes, but I. But that but that did sort the, of work. The, the you Gotta be stuff, careful.
0: I, you know, I know a lot of a, a, a lot of classic hockey people might say, oh, you know what a what a punk. What a you know what it might it might have worked for him. And also, you know what? I want the guy that gets pissed off. I don't like Jordan Binnington necessarily as, I don't really, I don't, I'm trying to understand where he is as an actual goaltender. Is if nuts. he's in the elite tier, but also goalies are just insane. Yes. He's old All school nuts. are
1: a little clinically. Well, you've got to cool. be, but the old school guys were, and this guy is.
0: Yeah. So like it, he's off his rocket. It might've worked for them. So at, at that point, good for you, St. Louis. You frustrated the wild and yeah, you, you came back and won. And by the way, that's a team that can come back and win. Oh, yeah. They have the they have guys in that culture that they know what it takes to overcome those R O R
1: baby you said it yourself he's your
0: guy I oh, like I love Ryan like him you love him yeah but, I think
1: he was a second line you know what I, it's, he's not a he's in that next tier
0: yeah 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 he's not an elite but tier. my
1: god is he good yes he's very good all right say good. your thing Fast shoot score he knows he once ate an entire sheet cake he knows your selfie life isn't your real life he knows what goes down on the DMS shouldn't you know your dog better. Now you can learn his inner secrets with Embark, the highest-rated dog DNA test, unlocking over 350 breeds and screening for over 215 genetic health risks. Go to EmbarkVet.com and use promo code DNA, that's DNA, to get $60 off an Embark Breed and Health Kit or Purebred Kit with free shipping. That's promo code DNA to save today.